Yes, it's showtime at Acme Blinds. We're back to rolling out our range of quality blinds, awnings, shutters, blackout blinds and more. At Acme Blinds, we jump through hoops to guarantee satisfaction with magic value. Life is not a balancing act, so we always measure and fit with your family's safety in mind. Roll up, roll up right now on Facebook or acmeblinds.com. What a guess we've got. I've been desperate to get him on. An absolute character. Josh Windass, thanks very much for coming no worries, on. Mate. Now, just thinking, what curtains are worse than ever? <laughs> what juice are that Rangers? <laughs> you don't get them in my gaff, that's for sure. <laughs> um, right, I need to pull you up. Spoke to a few of the Rangers boys, and they want me to ask you a question. Why is your Twitter like the Rangers fans page? Uh-huh. It says you miss it. I think you still want to be at Rangers. No, I don't think that's it. I think just like having a good laugh tonight. I don't like people. <laughs> Chatting, chatting shit to me, so I just, <laughs> I just give him a bit back. See, on that Twitter, does that bother you? Because I think you're brilliant on it. I like following you. I, I like just, your banter. I was, I was playing pub football before. You know what I mean? So I just like, I just like to uh, what I would, what I would have tweeted when I was at Accrington. I just wouldn't have stopped when I went to Rangers just because I'm at a big club. Do you know what I mean? So I just tried to be same person. Good mate, I love it. Now, how was your lunch, eggs, eggs, <laughs> I know where this is going. Shit, I got asked this morning, this morning as well again. It's just bollocks, isn't it? Mate, I know what you mean to, right? I love omelets. But see, f- like, scrammy egg in that? I can't <laughs> take it, man. It's pure sweaty, isn't it? It's pure different, mate, I swear. <laughs> it's like, you can have a ham and cheese omelette, but you can't have a fried egg. Do you, not, do you <laughs> ah, agree? Of course you can, eh? It tastes totally different. <laughs> I'm in your camp, mate. I'm in your camp. Right, we're going to get on to the football. Go on. So, growing up, obviously, Dad, great football player. Whole legend. Yeah. Your mum was an athlete as well. Yeah. Was sport and football going to be the, the only way you went? Yeah, I think so. I started um, when I was young, just booting balls in the garden, and that, um, my old man took me took me on the park and stuff. And my mum used to I used to go watch my mum running, mm. and uh, yeah, my dad my dad just took me to Uddersfield when I was seven or eight, and I just played ever since then. So did you used to go and watch your dad on a Saturday? Yeah, every Saturday. Yeah, uh, my mum would take me. I'd just mess around in the players' lounge and watch the games. And I think subconsciously you take stuff in, but uh, no, I used to go watch him every week. Yeah. Uh, so what clubs would you have seen him play for? Um, Aberdeen, but I'd have been really small then. I wouldn't have obviously been watching. But, uh, the athletes, clubs I remember it? watching is Bradford, Middlesbrough, and uh, Hull. They're the ones that I, r- I really remember watching them. So you grew up around, around football players, I hear. Yeah, mostly that's why I've been. People say I'm quite not not ruthless, but like I don't really care. Uh-huh. And I think that's just because I've seen him this whole time, like give his opinion and stuff, and he's just. I think I've just rubbed off on him. Uh-huh. And your dad's a hero. Where you're from, Hull. Yeah, Is that weird growing up, just seeing like everyone adored your dad and all the attention well, he would We either adored him or slaughtered him. I went to a school in Leeds, so not many people liked him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he obviously he, uh, scored a few times against Leeds. But no, um, no, he's, he's, he's a good guy and I think people get the wrong end of the stick, but he's a bit mad. Uh, because your dad helped send Leeds down, didn't he? Yeah, um, I think they were playing Cardiff away or something. He scored last minute, Leeds got relegated. Yeah, and people, you <laughs> were getting bullets through the door and that at home. You weren't no allowed chance. into Leeds City Centre for, for, for a little bit. The police came around and said you're not allowed to go out in Leeds City Centre because he was giving them a bit, so... Uh-huh. And would that affect your dad or was he just a... No, I think the only one time was he's had a scrap in a pub near me and um, I've got up to go to school, I'm like 10 or something, and there's like cameras outside my house and that police cars. And I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, Dino, was you involved in an instant at a pub yesterday? He's like, nah, 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 he's got a big cut on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, nah, nah, nah. nah. Oh, no, it, was just, it was just a bit mad. Uh-huh. But was he, was he your idol growing up? Uh-huh? N- not, I, I wouldn't say I had an idol, but obviously I used to watch him play football all the time, so I'd, 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 I'd watch him every week, so I, I, that's obviously why I wanted to be a footballer. Uh-huh. Did you think he was any good? I did, yeah. Um, and I've, well, I've heard stories from people telling me he was... He was good as well, because obviously you're too young to really uh-huh. realise, but no, uh, people told me he was a good player. So Was it the playoff final he scored the volley? Yeah, I was, I was at that game, um, sat next to I was sat next to Michael Bridges at the time, mem- memory? Uh-huh, played the Leeds, uh-huh. yeah, and, uh, big nose. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was, I was sat next to him that whole game, and he was, that was one day when he was telling me like, how good he was and stuff like that, so it was, it was quite good. Great to hear that for a guy like Michael Bridges about your dad, eh? Ah, yeah, because he, he went in the squads that time and they obviously played the same position, so 
you know what it's like in football if someone's in your position you automatically say the shite yeah. eye so <laughs> it's freaking is what it is but he, um, he still gives you a stick now when you're playing doesn't he yeah slaughters me yeah slaughters me what does he do what is he so if you have a bad just, game will he phone you up I just one just one time off the top of my brain I think it was I was playing for Rangers I don't know who he was playing but it was on TV and I've, and I've got after the game and he'll text me I just look at my phone and he'll be like hopeless <laughs> So I'll be like, I'll, I'll just leave it. And then he'll ring me a few times, I'll leave it. And then he'll ring me and be like, answer your fucking phone. And I was like, I was like, what, what, what do you think? He was like, sat in the pub there, watched it with all my mates. He was a fucking joke. He's like, why don't you stand still? Why don't you do this? I'm like, fucking hell, relax, mate. It's just one game. Uh -huh. And it's just fucking... Oh, relax, just, <laughs> just go off his nut, mate. He so is he your biggest critic, kind of, huh? Yeah, if I have a bad game, he won't, he won't mess around. He won't be like a normal dad, like, oh, well done, son, you tried, and all, all that crap. He'll just go straight to the point. And you like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't care about criticism and stuff like that. I, I like it. It's, it's funny. Uh -huh. So who's, whose opinion would you take on more? Would you, would, you, would you listen to a manager, a coach, or would, would you, is your dad's no, opinion? I've rarely listened to coaches that much in, in my time. Um, it's because I got told when I was younger that... Because since I've been growing up through academies and that, you find it's coaches who've never played football before that, that are teaching kids. Do you know what I mean? So I can't take that too serious. So my old man's just said, always said to me that it's like, because I got released when I was 18, I broke my leg. I would just feel I got let go. Mm -hmm. And my old man was just like, it's, you've been told you're not good enough or too small by a fellow who's never kicked a ball in his life. So just carry on doing what you're doing. And if, if he said I was good enough and he said, he always says to me, I'll tell you as your dad, not uh, as a, as a footballer, not as, a, not as, as your, your dad. dad uh -huh. So he was like, I know you're good enough, so I just keep plugging away on that. And do you think that's helped you, obviously? Yeah, because it is, it is true. Like, if people ask him his opinion, he will give his opinion on a footballer, not as... Because, you, you, know, you, you know, you ask people's dad, is your son a good player? Oh, yeah, my son's brilliant, my son's this, my yeah. son's that. But no, he's, he's normally down, down the line with stuff like that. You mentioned him that you got released for Huddersfield, broken leg. Did you think it was harsh for them to let you go? At the time, I was devastated, yeah. I didn't, um, my tib, fib and ankle. I was in the hospital bed and uh, my mum and dad were going through a divorce at the time. So my old man weren't there and uh, Lee Clark came to the hospital. He was the manager at the time. Robbo was there, Gary Roberts Robert was there, said, yeah, uh, at the time. Great guy. And um, no, he just said, you don't have anything to worry about uh, with the contracts and stuff like that. Just get, get your leg better and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that's class to hear from him. I'm 17 or something at the time. Yeah. I was like, because I was shitting myself. Five, six weeks later, he gets sacked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've just got a big pot on my leg. Simon Grayson comes in. I remember and that. We get, and the academy manager at the time was Graham Mitchell. He, he got the sack. I don't know what for. And they brought Mark Lillis in, you remember? Mark Lillis, yeah. that um, baldy fella. And, um, yeah, he just said, him and Chris Howarth said, you, you, you're too small, you probably won't be able to play men's football. And, that, and obviously this injury is going to set you back, so I was like, so I'm like, just go. So I went on trial at clubs and clubs didn't get a contract, so I just thought I'll just have a year out, I can't, can't be asked anyway. And how tough is that, being a broken leg, not having a club? Yeah, it was difficult, because I had my mum, even my mum and dad were telling me, like, you, like my dad was like, you can go train places and that, but you're probably going to have to get a job and, and work and stuff like that, and I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that, because I'm better than all these cunts playing football, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, he, and he was like, I know, but it's like, people are saying that you this and that. Uh -huh. So I went training at a few clubs, the old bollocks, oh, I've not got enough money, or oh, uh -huh. you're too small, this and that. And then I went to Man City, because my dad knows Brian Marwood, right. to get fit, not to go on trial or anything, just to get fit. So I trained with their 21s, six, seven weeks, they paid for all my travel and stuff like that. And then I got back fit, and then Lee Clark's assistant went to Accrington, took me in and then that was it. See, when people were telling you that you're too small, you've not got enough money, you're not good enough, did that knock your confidence? No, we not really, because I was seeing clowns play professional football who <laughs> are crap. So you, you, seen, you must have seen me play, did you? <laughs> I was watching Swindon a lot. How are you easy? You know how it is, though. There's, uh, people, there's people playing who, who are not, not very good players, but they're just making a career of it. So I, I was thinking, if I can get my attitude perfect, and I'm better than these, these players who are playing, so I'll, I won't have a problem. And mm -hmm. luckily, I got, I got in. Because it was Harrogate Town you went to, wasn't it? Yeah, I went to Harrogate Railway, but then I broke my wrist in my first game. Not going to ask how you done that. So I, I kind of fucked that off uh -huh. and just went to Accrington and trained and then got a contract. But you were labouring as well, weren't you? Yeah, just for my dad's mate during the week and that, yeah. And how was that? 
Not great, to be honest. My hands were freezing. <laughs> uh, so was that maybe a, a stage that you thought, right, I need to knuckle down and... Yeah, it was the worst part of my life by a, by a mile. I, I hated every, every single day. I had no money. Mm-hmm. I was driving a little Corsa that clutch never worked. Sucking. <laughs> no birds on it. Yeah, no birds. <laughs> Just bloody, that was it. So I thought, well, I always had a good attitude anyway, even though people... You'll tweet something and oh, that's why you've not got a good attitude, and it's just bollocks, really. So I've always had a, a good attitude, and I've and I've always known I've had the ability. So I just just knuckled down from there. Uh-huh. So you went in Aki Stanley. I went in Aki Stanley and trained, and the world famous Aki Stanley, some place, isn't it? I, and I got told. I still tell everyone to this day. The day I got told I was getting a deal there was like my best moment in football so far. Right, talk us through it then. There's a pub next to the stadium, and James Beatty and Paul Stevenson, who is. I said Lee Clark's assistant just sat me down in the corner I remember the exact table and they're like we're going to give you a year contract so I was like straight away like I was like oh my god like someone's give me a deal do you know what I mean I was buzzing mm-hmm. and uh, he was like you're going to be in the first team squad and that and you're going to we're going to try to give you games and it's up to you so like three months in I didn't really have a game Paul Stevenson pulled me he was like you're better than any player here you just need to get fit stronger and like obviously you've had this injury and every day I did shuttles after training with him every single day. Eventually got in the team. Uh, John Coleman came in, Beatty got sacked. Just started scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and then that was it. How was James Beatty as a manager? Obviously he's a big player, played big yeah, clubs. Yeah, he was an unbelievable man-manager. Was um, he? Yeah, every, every player loved him. It's the, only, it's the only place I've ever been where if you're not in the team, you're not asked because <laughs> he was that, cause he was that sound. Uh, just good banter then. Yeah, I remember we, was, we had, I think we had two points after 12 games. And, you know, it's like if you do that now, you're getting relegated. Mm-hmm. And it was a Monday and he was like, all the lads went to Tiger Tiger in Manchester on the Tuesday. And I think he was, he, I can't remember what he said, but he said something like, it can't get any worse. So he took... The boys went to Tiger Tiger on the Tuesday? Uh, after 12 shocking games. And uh, the lads just went out, had a good laugh. And I think we won like the next four or five games or something. I can't remember what it was, but... No, and he kept us up that year and then he, and then he left. And then John Coleman came in and he was... He was really good. Were you sad to see him go? Because obviously he gave I was you at the first... time, yeah, because I heard stories about John Coleman that he was this school teacher, he was ruthless. And I thought, oh, that's not going to be for me, that, and the bloody, the way I play. But no, he was the biggest part of my career so far. That's what I'm saying. James Beatty, one character to John Coleman, who is a massive character, especially yeah. in Accrington Stanley. Talk, see, the first time you came in, what was your first impressions of him? What was his I was first shitting impressions myself, to be honest, because the lads who have played with him who were already there were like, oh, he won't like you because you're this player player or you like to do different stuff so I was like oh for God's sake he came in and he came in and he was all right with me but he, he was like a bit wary of me because he didn't he, he, got, he went with lads he already knew but then he put me in the team and ever since then he's the biggest influence on my career so far by a mile and how's that what, what did he do it sounds stupid but he let me do what I want he um he just Every single day, he'd make you feel like you was worth fifty million. He'd, mm. he'd just say every day, "Oh, he's the best player in the league. Give him the ball. He's this. He's that." Even if I don't even know if he meant it, mm. but you'd come off training thinking, "I'm the best player in this league." But it's only League Two. But I scored eighteen goals, I think, that season. Eighteen, nineteen goals. But then we fell out for a little bit because I signed for Rangers without telling him. Uh, which we'll get I, to which that. I, we'll which I regret that, yeah. a bit, but no, he was he was brilliant for me. How was he in terms of team spirit and that? Because I've heard he's a great motivator. Oh, it was one day it was snowing, and he's come in, and the lads are like, "Can't train in this. Like we've got no pitches. They had no training ground." And he's like, "You've got three options. You all go outside and shovel the snow, and we train. We go to the indoor five aside around the corner, and it's like a tenner to play. So you all pay a tenner to play. Or Nicky on." chips this golf ball into that bucket in three attempts and you can all get off, go home. <laughs> so that's like, go on, auntie, go on, auntie, do it. <laughs> Remember Nicky Hunt from Bolton? Uh-huh. Big, uh, big guy. So he's like, go on, and he stands, so he puts the bucket in the corner. He's got, I don't know why, he's got a pitching wedge and a golf ball. <laughs> so he's like, I'm like, go on, auntie, do it, laddie. First one, miles away, that's like, ooh, right, right. <laughs> Second one, just clips it, lads, like that. Third one, nails it, straight in the bucket. All the lads are jumping up, banging the ceiling. <laughs> and, that. and everyone just got off. It was, it was class for like team, team spirit and all that. But just like, I don't think you'd see that at, at other clubs. To get, this, get this ball in the bucket and you can get off. Do you miss that? That, that kind of banter you get at the, a, li- in the a little bit, yeah, a little bit. 
but um, you, you obviously know what it's like with, with all. All right, mate. I played in a lot of leagues, all right. <laughs> so, but it's 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 like that, isn't it? Though, like you get it's better team spirit and stuff like because you've got no one on 20, 25 grand a week. Everyone's on, everyone's on peanuts, so everyone just gets on and, and just works for each other. You said that John Coleman would let you do you want, but would he hammer you as well? Yeah, proper. What for? Um, I remember we played Northampton at home, and I was having the biggest nuke you've ever seen a player have. We was nil-nil, and at the time I was injured with a hernia, but I kept playing anyway. Stop making excuses for having a beast. And um, it got in at half-time, and he was like, don't you just date it when your best player tosses it off? <laughs> you. Like that, and I'm like, that. oh my God, what's he going to say? And everyone's looking at me. He's like, you've got four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not even five. He went, oh, you sat next to me for the rest of the season. So I'm like that going, Jesus Christ. So I went out, we got a penalty after a minute of the second half. I scored it, got subbed straight after the pen, I after, I got, got, after I scored it. And I was thinking, oh my God. What did he say to you when you came off? Anyway? Nothing. Right. So I was like, I'm not playing again, that's it. Uh -huh. And then after that, nothing, just sat and played the next game. And, but so like, just doing stuff like that to kind of keep your feet on the ground? Or I, think, I think so, yeah, but he was, he could, I've seen him like go for players before, like straight on a Monday morning, Totally forgotten, forgotten yeah. That's a sign of a good manager. Yeah. So, playing in League Two, did you obviously 18 goals? You said, did, did they get to a point you thought, I'm too good for this level? Yeah, I always, in the back of my mind, I always thought I can play higher than this, but you've got to go show yeah. people. So, it got to a point where I had like, I think I had eight goals by November or something. I was top scorer in the league. Me and Barry Core were top scorer in the league. And, um, my dad was saying to me, like, keep going, like, because I was in papers, I was getting linked with big clubs and stuff like that. So I never really thought much of it. And then John Coleman was saying in interviews, like, oh, we want this for him, we want that for him. So I kind of knew there was people circulating and I just kept, kept doing well. But genuinely, the whole time I had a hernia. Right. So I weren't even playing as good as I, as I could play. And I signed for Rangers in the January. But then as soon as I signed, I got my operation. Right. So he was Coley obviously thought I'd chucked it. Which I'd not done. I just wanted to. I was, I was young. I was on six hundred quid a week. I, I just got my move, so I wanted to get right. And then we was in the playoffs, so I wanted to finish the season. I came back, and I was unbelievable when I came back from my operation. Scored nearly every match. Got into the playoffs. He always says to me to this day, if you never signed for Rangers, you'd have got a better, you'd have got a better move. He was that good at the end of that season, but I'd already done it. So. So see the Rangers' interest. When did you first hear it? I'd heard Davy Weir was watching our games. And I seen him, we played Newport at home and I knew he was in the crowd watching. So I knew then that he was, I didn't know whether they wanted to sign me, but I knew he was watching me. And um, the, Frank McParland, who was there at the time, had inquired about me when he was at Burnley before. So I thought that he'd obviously gone to Rangers. On, uh -huh. So that, that was the first time I heard of it. And were you excited to, to, be, to hear that? Yeah, but it's like anything, you don't know if it's true at first, yeah, so. Um, but one of the boys knew Andy Halliday. And apparently Davy Weir was asking Andy what I'm like to, to, the, to these yeah, lads. Mate, uh, so that's when I kind of knew that it was, it was on. But was there other clubs, obviously? Had you yeah, heard that other clubs were in for you? Just like championship clubs like Brentford, QPR and stuff like that. But obviously Rangers is, is Rangers and my old man playing in Scotland. I, just, I went there. And was your old man excited when, he, when you first opened the news about Rangers? Yeah, because you don't really see players going from Accrington Stanley to mm -hmm. Rangers, do you? So... I'd, I'd done that well, I thought I'm going to go and I didn't think the level, I thought everyone thought it was a big step up, but I always knew I'd be able to do it. Uh, so who spoke to you first for Rangers? The manager or Davy Weir? Or... Um, I can't remember. Your agent? I remember John Coleman pulling me in saying, you don't want to go to Rangers, you'll get a better club than that. John and Coleman hates Rangers, doesn't he? He must do. <laughs> and, um, but and it, this was before I'd signed and then I ended up going. And then, who told me about it? My agent told me about it, and then I think Frank had obviously got in touch with my agent, and then that's when I knew. And then ever since then, I'm actually good. Even this to this day, I'm good friends with Warburton's son now. No, I wasn't before I went. Right. But he's good friends with some of my mates who went to uni up there, so that's how I kind of know. Right. So Mark Warburton has a wee connection there as well. I just want to ask you about Mark Crooks as well, because I never really worked out for him yeah, at Rangers, but I thought he was a good player at Accrington. Some player. Mate. He's, is he? Yeah, so why do you think it never worked for him? He went injured, uh -huh. so the pre-season he didn't. He didn't get in this, involved with any of the squad, obviously, because he was training on his own. Missed the whole pre-season. He came back, obviously, came back in halfway through the first part of the season. 
obviously never the same. And by then it was me, Andy and Jason Holt playing most weeks. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't really get in. He was getting little niggles, little niggles. I don't know, I don't really know. And then Pedro came in and he just, I, 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 I said to him to this day, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have gone to Northampton on a permanent, you should have just gone on loan, but. Mm, came back. Yeah. So what did you know about Rangers before you went up? Did you know about how they'd done the season before? I didn't realise what it'd be like when I went, but I knew it was obviously a massive club and you see they're always on telly and it was just the old firm game, to be honest. That was uh -huh. the only reason I wanted to go. Oh, was it? Uh -huh. At the time, uh -huh. yeah. So when did you first realise how big a club it was? Three games in. Like I'd, gone, I'd started training, obviously I'd come from Accrington and then there's like Kenny Miller, Nico Cranchard, Joey Barton. And I'm like, oh, like, these boys are big players. Like I've just watched them on the TV, do you know what I mean? Um, sit in the change room and the training straight away was like proper training. <laughs> like, I'd, just, I'd just done what I want all, all week and then played on the Saturday. And then from then training every day and I'm picking up a few niggles because I'm not used, to, not used to the training. And like the, the demands were mad. Like Joey was on people all the time, Kenny was. So it was a, a bit different. And that's when you kind of know you're in a big club. The character you are, how did you find that people like Joey Barton and Kenny Miller getting on you? I think, I think that's why I'm still quite good friends with them both, because I think I just answered them back. And I remember one session, it was like one of the first times I was there, Joey's like, come in, and I've rolled one through his legs and scored. And um, he's walked up to me and I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and he's gone, nice Megs, lad. And I'm thinking, has he meant that or is he going to smash me in a minute or... And, didn't he? and then we did another game later, and he's. <laughs> and, I was like, and then, but then we got in the change room after, and he was like all sound and that. But since then, because I think it was lads who he'd have a go at and crumble mm -hmm. that he didn't really take to. Do you know what I mean? But the lads who could, like, say, "Fuck off, Joe." Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd like. So was he a good lad there? Yeah, he was sound. Yeah. Good player. Yeah, he's obviously came from being championship player of the year, and everyone knows that he had a bit of an altercation and all that. But no, he was a good player. See, so just on Mark Warburton. When you first went to Rangers, what, what was it that he said to you? Where would you play? Were you going to be a main player in the so, team? So we went in the January uh -huh. and I sat in his office at the top and I'd just signed and he was like, you come in to compete. And I, I, I said to him, like, I know I am. I'm not, I'm not going to sign for you if I'm coming just to be a Joey. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I went and I said to myself that I'm going to go and play. Like I've, I've watched him last year and I think I can improve the team. Um, so I went in. And I was injured and I remember the, the old firm game was at the weekend and I'd just got back fit. So I'm on the phone to my dad, I'm like, hopefully I can train this week and get in the squad like I might get in the squad. And um, so we're training on the Thursday, he pulls me in and I'm like, oh God, I've not, not made the bench, man. He's like, you're going to play on Saturday in the Celtic game. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to play. I was like, oh, class. Um, thanks. I was like... Didn't know what to say, I was like, thanks. Mm. He's like, just go express yourself, do, do what you do and all that. Um, got to the game and then obviously Andy had been playing all the time, but he left Andy out and put, played me, Nico and Joey. So obviously the game was 5-1, but I actually done all right in that game. Uh -huh. And it was like going from playing for Aki and then my first game was at Parkhead in an old firm in front of 60,000 people. I was like looking around the gaff thinking this is unbelievable. So I just, that was when I knew it was a massive club. Was there any nerves before the game? Nah, not really. Cause I, f I was think my mentality at that time was if I have a beast here, then I've, I have a beast, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I was never really scared. I remember in the change room after one of the, I can't remember which one of the lads said it, but they were like, we've just let you down there because you was outstanding in, in, in the game. Oh. And I was sat there, just signed, and I didn't really know what to say. I was just like, thanks, thanks and that. Like, the lads were all quiet, having a go at each other. But even to this day, I've, like, you watch that game, it was, it was honestly an even game until Phil got sent off. And then, obviously, they're, they're unbelievable in attack, so they just scored loads. Mm -hmm. See, when you were playing you, Crankchar and Barton, would they help you? Because obviously it was your debut, would, would they be talking you through the game? And jo Joey would. Um, Nico would help a lot off the pitch. But when the game was going on, we was getting that much of a run around at the, at the, at the Big start. Nico was towing that game, wasn't it? <laughs> we was getting that much of... Tom Rogic was pulling all sorts of strings that game. So, no, it was a, it was a tough game. But we, that was when Warburton was in charge and we was total football then. So, 
was good. That's what I was going to ask you. How impressed were you with Martin Warburton? Because I thought his style of play was great. I mean, what, I what, what, what did he do in training and, and stuff like that that made you be was, able to play that sort of football? It was pure possession-based. But looking back at it now, the fan base that ranges, I don't think they have the patience to watch the team play that style of football. Mm. They just want tackles and they want, I don't know what, they want full-throttle football. So you'd see Wes, for example, would play a pass out and say it'd go out of play, you just hear, oh, like groans and that. But Warbs, I remember, got us in one day and Barry Mackay stood on the edge of the box and Wes kicked it long. And he's like, if you give Barry Mackay the ball there and he loses it and they score, blame me. And the lads were like, I was, like, I was sat there thinking, oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's, yeah. that's what I, I want to I hear, you know, if, I'm, if I was a manager, that's what I'd want my team to do. So I think it, but then we got we got beat bad by Celtic, and then we got beat bad by Hearts at Tynecastle. They went man for man, and I think that was if Warbs, if you if you was to ask Warbs now what he'd do differently, I think for them games he'd probably go a bit a bit longer because we'd get we'd get caught out quite a lot if teams went man for man. Uh-huh. And would he would he have a switching on Matt Warburton? Could he go mad at, at playing? Not really, not uh-huh. really. No. And was that a bit of a problem? Maybe. I wouldn't say it was because I'd say Kenny and Waldo would. Would, would handle Who's the dressing Waldo room. Just Lee Wallace. Lee Wallace, right, okay. Yeah, I'd say they'd handle the dressing room if I if went a bit. And Mark Warburton wouldn't mind them doing that now? No, he'd, he'd, he'd like an open mm-hmm. open opinion so everyone everyone would kind of say what they think watching the game. But I remember we played Hearts at Tynecastle and lost 4-0 and Hearts are playing simply the best in the after dressing the... room after the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Kenny's like, have you heard them gone? And Kenny walks. Kenny walks into their dressing room, and he was like, "Is there a fucking joke?" And that, like, the hearts, didn't guy. Like, so because Kenny Miller's had a lot of stick, obviously, about the way he's acted at Rangers, but he loves Rangers though. Uh-huh. He's and, proper and love. Do you, do you think he was quite right the way he acted? Uh, what when he just after games like that, oh, he stand up and yeah, it's the only it's the only time I've ever shit myself in a dressing room. <laughs> we played Kilmarnock away, mm. and this is when Pedro's in charge, and we drew one all, and we weren't good. And I think we'd like three games on the bounce, we'd drawn. And he's going mad at people. He's like, this is Rangers Football Club. We don't draw fucking games to Kilmarnock. And then they're arguing, arguing. And I'm like, I can't even be asked listening to this. It's doing my head in. Walk up, get in the shower. Sit the fuck down. I'm like, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, Jesus. Kenny's like, when I'm speaking, don't you fucking get in the shower. So I just sat down straight away. And even to this day, the lads were like, oh, sit down quick when Kenny starts speaking. <laughs> but no, me, me and Kenny are like really good friends. So we just laugh about that now. But that's, that's what he's like. He don't, he don't expect anything less. But see, that demands the Rangers, the fans, the older players. Yeah, I think Could, I think could you see a few of the younger players struggling to, to cope with it? I seen it when I was there that players would get stick and shit themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you not mind it? No, I, I, well, I, I remember when I told them to... Sh- be quiet when I did uh, that. So that I, I didn't really care. I just wanted to go out and play well myself. And when they give me abuse, I'd try, I'd try do stuff extra to prove that I'm right in what I'm doing. So I'd, I'd, I won't be bothered. Uh-huh. We've talked about the big characters who would ball and shout. Who, who were the who were the ones that would keep the, the dressing room banter and and the funny ones? Tab's a funny guy. Is he? Yeah, Tab's a funny guy. Great guy. Um, Pranks and stuff like that. No, there was a few, Jason Cummings was a little bit when he came. Uh-huh. Come on, give us a Jason Cummins story. This is just one when I got out of the training. So I get, I've got a dog, and I get out the training ground, and I look at, I, I walk out, and he's and he's stood there looking at me. And I'm like, what are you looking at? And Ryan Jack's over there pissing himself. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you think it's funny? I get in my car, and like, I look in the back seat, dog bed's gone from my car. So I'm like, what the fuck's going? I'm like, what have you done with it? And he's like, I don't know. Like looking at my dog beds at the top of a tree in the training ground. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a fucking melon, mate. Brilliant. But I was with him once in Dubai. And have you been STK in Dubai? No, I mean, I'm skint. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that sound that goes. Yeah, that sound that goes. So he's got his fillet steak on the end of a fork, and he's like that with a fillet steak. And I'm like, sit down. I'm with his agent and Cummins, and I'm with Wes. I actually think Graham Dorans was with us as well. Gets up, he's like, he's telling everyone, watch the Gucci's, watch the Gucci's. <laughs> <laughs> Gets the steak, throws it up in the air, goes to volley it, misses the steak, lands on the floor. 
And he points at me, he's like, that's why you play ahead of me. <laughs> gets the steak, puts the steak back on, picks the steak up, volleys the steak across the restaurant. A, ge a geezer's having dinner with his missus and it hits his chair. Here. No chance. I swear, like here, you just see the big brown stain on the chair. And, I'm, and the waiter's like that. And everyone's like, just gone silent in the restaurant. And he's like, ah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, everyone's just pissing themselves. I was like, you are a maniac. Is he a good lad there? Yeah, he's hilarious. He's funny. Just on to that, the start of that season, obviously you saying, what was the goal for the team? Was it, was it to win the league? Yeah, we always got told when we were there that we had to challenge, challenge for the league. And I think we always wanted to do that. But I think I don't, when I was there especially, I just don't think we had a good enough team just to go that extra mile. Especially in big games like the semi-finals, we never really turned up. And for whatever reason that was, tactics, management. Because I think, I think we had a decent side, but I don't, I don't know what happened, to be honest, I couldn't tell you. Tactics as in, kept doing the same thing, playing it for the back, and nobody mixing it up? Yeah, this was even when... I think all, all the managers I've had when I was there were really good with me, like played me all the time. But in the semi-finals and the big games, it always just felt like we were needing that bit of information to just go and mm -hmm. to be a bit more organised against the Celtics and even in the pressure games. So that's just what I felt when I was there. Mm -hmm. Was that what Joey Barton's problem was? That I was maybe lacking? I think... I'm, I'm not too sure, to be fair, but I remember after that game, we was on the training ground having a game and we're arguing and about the game and the lads are talking about when they beat Celtic the year before. And Joey's basically saying, like, this is the here and now. We, that, that game's gone. Like, we need to start fucking doing it properly now. And then there's a bit of an altercation, and I don't, I don't know what happened after that, because it was between Joey, Davy Weir and, and Warb, so mm -hmm. that's still never been... But, but, would you agree with what Barton was saying to her? I, I did at the time, a little bit. But then I, aside of me as well, I, which I said to him, like, just, like, ease off a little bit, because you... He was, he, his standards were that high. Sometimes it had come across to the we people who were weaker that he was, he was on them or he was this, but that's just how, that's just how he was. was uh, all right, so February, obviously, Barton leaves and then February, Mark Warburton goes, was the writing on the wall? Did you see it coming? I didn't know. I, was, I remember I was sat with Joe Garner in the house and someone put in the group chat, Warbs has been sat. And the lads were like, nah, nah, no way. And then I ran Kenny. I was like, is, is this true? He's like, I, I just... Just found out, and I was like, oh, that's mad. And was it just like any football shot? Who do you reckon will get the job? Who's this? Mm -hmm. Who's that? So, yeah, no one really saw it coming. But uh, so, did was there no things the week before or the days before that he was unhappy or that things no, were not going well? No one had a clue, no. And but did we just call him Warbs to his face or was it Gaffer? No, no, Gaffer. Gaffer uh, just Gaffer, in the group yeah. chat. Uh, what you, so, overall, what do you think went wrong for Warburton? Um, I think because he was second when he left. Mm -hmm. And looking back at it now, he was doing a good job because every manager that came after that, we finished third. <laughs> so I think it's because we got beat bad by hearts. But I think the lads just, I think the fans expected us to do a lot better than what we was doing, which at the time was probably where we was as a team. You think if he'd got more time, he'd, uh, he'd have been challenging Celtic? 100%. Really, yeah? Because he's not had anywhere near the budget managers since have had to go and beat Celtic. Mm -hmm. Like he signed me from Accrington Stanley, he signed Crooksy from Aki, Nico was free, Joey was free. The managers since since he left have had millions to spend on players so I the style of football we was creating I think would have been good in, with better players. Uh -huh. One thing, one problem that you had was I don't think you liked playing on the wing did you? Despise it mate, despise it. <laughs> and I did for the first six months when Pedro I was thought that's when you had your best games on the way. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, would, and would you go and tell War Mark Corbett that you wanted to play? To be fair, Warb's always played me in a free midfield. Field, right. But I would I always told him like I've always said if I play off the front, like not that even I think I'm better there, like stats have proven that I score goals when I play there. Mm -hmm. So I even said to I remember saying to David Weir once, like, can you try me in a like it off the front. We played Red Bull Leipzig in a winter break, got spanked 4 0. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that, that went really good. Why do you think they play on the wing then? Because I'm quick. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Why, and why do you hate it so much? Because I'm just not as effective there. I, you know yourself when you play out of position, you're not comfortable on a mm -hmm. football pitch. Um, Pedro came in, didn't like me at all when he first came in. Right, wait, we'll get to that, keep back just now. I just want to talk a bit about, Morty took over after Warburton, how yeah. did you find him? 
Really good. Um, I got on with him really well, but when he took over after Warbs, I was injured, so I didn't get to play for him. Right. Um, but he did a good job. Started off really well, didn't he? Yeah, he did a good job, especially the obviously the second time. We'll get onto that, but no, I, I, I really liked him. But um, even when he left at the end, obviously there were circumstances that was difficult for him. Right. Can you see him being a manager one day? I, th I think especially it'll be a better one now. Now he's not not failed, but he, after what he's, he's went had, through. Yeah, he's had the experience of dealing with situations that he would have had to deal with anyway. Uh -huh. So now he's dealt with him at a big football club. If he went to a lower football, like not, you're never going to get a bigger football club than range unless you get the Man United job or Liverpool job. Mm -hmm. So I think he's experienced now. I think he'll be a lot better. Yeah. You came on in the 1-1 game at Celtic Park. Clint Hill scored the equaliser. Yeah. How much of a buzz was that? I was buzzing to be on the bench. It was because I just got back from injury. Injury, huh? And um, yeah, the game was, obviously it was a bit to and to and fro, they they were a good side. Every time I played against them, they were a good ledge team. Um, and he put me on on the left, <laughs> and, um, but then I went into midfield because someone else came on because we were going for it. Uh -huh. And obviously Clint gets that goal, and we'd not drawn or beat him in since I was there. So yeah, it was unbelievable when Big Clint put that away. Uh, was he a good guy, Clint? Hell, he's a yeah, came he's a, a cult. Yeah. He, he know what Rangers, doesn't he? He's a legend. Yeah, I still speak to him now. His uh, his attitude was unbelievable. He's when I first went to Rangers, that's when I realised how to be a proper professional like these boys. Clint, Nico would be in the gym before training, doing all the stuff that Aki had never, never ever done. Uh -huh. I'd just gone to training, turned up, trained shit uh -huh. and, and played. But then you realise when you go to a club like that, why these boys have played at this level. Uh -huh. So you li are you like that now? Yeah, uh -huh. I am now. And do you think it takes going to a top club and seeing top pros like that to do, to do, to do that, to make that change? I think so. Uh -huh. Some some players I've seen are brilliant like that anyway. Like a lot of the boys at Rangers when I was there were, were good professionals. It was just we didn't have that that cutting edge to go in big games. Uh -huh. uh, that game that you talked about one each, Pedro Casino was watching that game. Yeah. Is that when he's kind of knew that he was going to be the man to take over? Yeah, well, I've seen it in the bookies that he was a contender for the job and I'd obviously never heard of him before. Uh -huh. And I was like, he must be in for it if he's even in the in the book he's like why would they even put him in uh -huh. and then I seen he got the job and I was I didn't know what to make of it to be honest I was thinking this is going to be either good for me or absolutely terrible so but was, there, was there a meeting on his first day did he have a meeting with the players he got all the lads in in the changing room the first thing he said was got the schedule up on the board of his weekdays no days off mm -hmm. so straight away I was like that oh. and um, and it weren't even the fact that you, you got a day off it was the fact that you'd come in and train every single day, like, no, you won't get a recovery session, you'd just come and train. So they would be near a couple, so play on a Saturday and a Sunday you would play train? Play on a Saturday and you would train light, yeah, but his light was bloody mad. Was so, it intense, yeah. huh? So, but I actually enjoyed some of his sessions, but again, the further he got on, started losing games, the pressure obviously gets to people and training sessions would change, team selection would change. Mm -hmm. What did the older players make of that schedule training every day? Because I mean, older guys kind of train yeah, every day. Some, some were happy because they've got kids and stuff to, mm -hmm. like, they, like they need to look after. But um, no, I, went, I was living on my own in the West End. I didn't mind coming in. So I was, I was happy. Dream, yeah, yeah, so I was just... But a couple of lads with kids and commitments, obviously, were, were not too pleased. Could, could lads go to Pedro and, and say that to him or was he quite unapproachable? I'd say he was quite unapproachable at, that time, <laughs> Joe Garner had a stag do in Vegas, and um, Pedro's give us the pre-season dates, and we were in ridiculously early, like for a pre I can't remember what it was, but it was like unheard of. We got like nine days off in the summer. Carnes is like, I've got my stag do, but I, I'm gonna have to go see him. Knocks on his door, gaffer. Um, I won't be able to get a few days extra off, would you? Because I've Paid for my stag do like in Vegas. He, I think he's paid like for all his mates. He's paid like thirty grand or something. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do not care. You check. You come and train. And he comes down. And all the lads are pissing themselves. But he's fuming. He's absolutely fuming. And he comes in, cancels his stag do. He goes to be a, a beef for three days <laughs> instead. <laughs> just like. <laughs> and, uh, but that's, as soon as then, I was like, he's not going to be here next season after no. that hundred uh, percent. So do you think that was maybe his problem, that he wouldn't give a bit of two and throw at the players? Because uh, a couple of days wouldn't have made a difference, if, uh, do you know what I mean? 
But see, you personally, would he, would he have pulled you aside, Pedro, at the start and, and told you what he thought? He, he told me I could there? leave when, I, when he first got there. Really? Yeah. But I remember saying to him, like, I'm not leaving. And he bought players in from Mexico and Spain and we was in the pre-season. And we did a pre-season game where there was three teams, three different 30s. And, I, and he said, he was trying to be a, a prick to me. Right. He went, you sit on the bench all three quarters. If someone gets injured, you come on. Bearing in mind, there's 311s with kids in it as well. Right. And I weren't in any of it. Wow. So I was like, he's just trying, he's trying to get me to... Did he tell you why he didn't want you? No. no. Right. So I went and knocked on his office. And I was like, I'm not going because I'm better than everybody in my position playing for you. And he was like, grow up, Josh, get out of my office. Every day, knocked on his office. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start playing because you're going to have to play me because I'm training hard every day. I'm the best player in training. We get to Watford away in a pre-season game. Nico's taking a free kick and he's like, pulls up with his quad. And I'm at the other end of the pitch with the Joeys. He's, Josh. So I'm jogging down and he's like, you play instead of Nico tomorrow. And I was like, all right, sound. Played against Watford in pre-season. I was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We played away and, I was, and he pulled me after. Ever since that day, just like my best mate. Was he, eh? Yeah. Could you say you still speak to him now, don't you? Yeah, like the lad used to hammer me saying that it, I'm, his, I'm his son and that, that's how mad it got. So why did you know, see when he was telling you to leave? Because I would think the person you are, you would think, right, I'm, I'm off, I'm go, I'll go to another club. So why did you want to stay so much? Because I knew the lads who he was playing were better than me. And were you desperate to stay at Rangers? Yeah, because I didn't want people to think I'd failed. Mm -hmm. So I, I used to say to my dad was like, he's, he's obviously not going to play. I was like, Dad, I'm better than the lads he's playing, so he's going to have to put me in eventually because he's not, he's not stupid. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, whether that was me being deluded or just, it's just the self-belief or whatever, I don't know. But um, he played me in that game. We played Chef Wednesday in pre-season. I scored, and that was the week before the season. Mm -hmm. I'm in Zizi. Get a call. Never, never, never spoke to him outside of football ever. Get a call, don't know the number. Hello, hello. Josh, it's Pedro. I'm like, what's happening, mate? You're right. What's happening, mate? He's like, um, you are my main player now. Um, you, you are the one I rely on. You do this, you do that, you do that. So I was like, bloody hell, he's just, you changed his tune. <laughs> <laughs> and were you happy or did you say what happened before? Or no, I didn't. Were just happy. I never, I never gave him that affection back because of what. It happened before. Yeah, like, cause I don't, I, like, he treated lads bad, but I, at the end of the day, it was it's a selfish sport and it. it's football. Mm -hmm. I, I needed to get my place in the team, so I just needed to get on with him. But then the further we went on, I was playing left, and I was saying to him, he knew I was the other position, but he paid a lot of money for Carlos Pena, and he used to say to me that Carlos is going to play in that position, and I only scored two goals, I think, until before he left. But I'd done all right. I'd played quite well in the games. Then obviously he got sacked and he was he was honestly led to me the whole time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the lads never never liked him, I don't think. So you just done the Spanish and Mexican players that came in, were they not good enough to play for India? Um a couple of them were, as you can see now, like Daniel and Alfredo are still there. Mm -hmm. And a, a couple of them I just don't think were mentally cut out for it. I don't think they could, like they wouldn't train properly and stuff like that. But they were all decent enough players. But I, still, I don't think they was good enough to play. Was there a divide there between the foreign boys mm. and the, the at, Scottish and at, English? At first, when Pedro was there, but when Pedro left, it totally went. And they all like I still speak to a few of them now. They're all like good lads. And who brought that all together then? Guys like Murray. Kenny and who Murray yeah, was it? Murray. So he's he like the first thing we need to do is get rid of this divide because I think I think boys like Daniel and Bruno were good friends with the manager. So they'd be, whatever, if the manager had pissed players off, they'd be on the manager's side, do you know what I mean? Because they knew him. Mm -hmm. But then when he left, they were all like, just got on with the lads, great. You were talking about some of them couldn't maybe handle the intensity of playing for Rangers. Did, did you enjoy that intensity, that pressure to play well every week for the fans? Yeah, I, I, I love the big games more. Mm -hmm. It's easy saying that, we got beaten all of them. But um, no, the big, the big crowds and stuff like that, that's what I liked, yeah. Is the, you enjoy playing for the crowd at Ibrox? Yeah, sometimes it'd be, it would be like players say it's not, but it don't bother them that. But it is, if you're nil nil and you make a few mistakes and they're getting on you, it can it can be difficult sometimes because you sometimes you'd think. But I, I I tried to never really. I think there's only a couple of times where I've where I thought oh, but most of the time I've just not been asked and just got on with it. But they were quite favourable to you. I think Rangers fans in general quite enjoyed the way you played and how, and how it you played. It was until I told them to shut up. Uh -huh. And do you regret that? No, no. So was that pre-planned? Uh -huh. 
No, they, was, they weren't even having a go at me. Right. We were playing Partick away. I think Daniel Candeas give a ball away and they're slaughtering him, like going mad. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, I wish I just had a fog on to say, shut, shut up. Like, you just give a pass away, who's arsed? We're nil-nil against Partick, you know what I mean? Who cares? Ten minutes in. And then Daniel whips one in and I've put one right in the stands from my left juke. And uh, I've just walked off. Oh, it was some finish. I just walked off going like, <laughs> I just walked off going like that. And I can see Daniel. <laughs> if you watch the clip back, you can see Daniel going, fuck off, fuck off. Like that. And I'm, I'm just like doing that. And then I get on the bus after. Phones are going mad. I'm like, oh my God, that got took a bit serious. Because it wasn't even on TV, it was on Rangers TV. Right. I'm just getting tweets and texts. My dad's like, oh, what have you done? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, my Twitter's going fucking mental, the people hammering you. And I'm like, I've just scored, we won 1-0. Or 2-0 we won. Uh, and I was like, bloody hell. And then I put a picture up on Instagram doing that. Did you? And then it just went off. I had to apologise on Sky Sports. Mm -hmm. I got made to apologise. Did you? Who made you apologise? The manager? No. Um, the media team. Uh -huh. Is that the hard part of playing for just to that? that um... Yeah, because it was just a bit... The, the fans slaughtering the players. But do you know like that's you what go, happens at a big club? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. And that's but then what my point was we've just gone and won the game, like scored a goal, mm -hmm. give you a little bit like it's not like I've gone like uh, that. It's just gone like do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And you're all crying about it. Uh -huh. Like just relax, you know what I mean? So after that, see when you, something like that's happened, how is it when you're like walking about Glasgow and you're bumping into fans and that? Is it tough? No, they don't say anything. No. They're all brilliant. Like, the fans are brilliant when you see them outside of... You know what it's like in Scotland, all, everyone's asking for pictures, everyone's, like, loving you. No, even if you've had a bad game, they'll still treat you the same as you see on the street. It's just... It's the, it's the odd few, but in, in the stadium, it's, like, people will groan if you make mistakes and stuff like that. So did you enjoy living in Glasgow? Yeah, I loved it, yeah. Uh -huh. loved it. What, what, what did you like about it? Like, um, so, I didn't really go out that much. No? No. Why, well, no, he's not lived there. No, I just, never, I, just, there, I just never... I, I never wanted to give myself that excuse of being seen out or a manager saying where was you Saturday and then I'd, my arse would go and I'd be like oh, I don't know mm -hmm. so I just I just always I had quite a good attitude like that I never really went out that much see because when I first thought, thought of you when I was interviewing I think you'll be daft but you're not daft because you think everything through and I think you've got the wrong people have got the wrong perception am I right? maybe I think that's because I think I've watched me old man right. mess up mm -hmm. do you know what I mean so I'm still like if you ask any player who I've played with, like, they'll say I'm stupid and they'll say whatever, whatever. But no, I try to methodically think what I'm doing. Uh -huh. So back to Pedro, uh, when did you start to see this is not going right? Just we were playing crap football, getting rubbish results. Why is that? Not good enough. Players? Yeah. And management as well, huh? Uh, I wouldn't even, the management a little bit, but the team he was picking weren't good enough. And even like the lads half knew it. So the five the five one game at Ibrox. Yeah, that that was a doing. Mm. Yeah, that was a doing. And is that when you started to think he could go here? No, I started to think he could go when we lost to Motherwell in the cup in the cup semi final, because Motherwell weren't weren't good, mm. and they beat us e easily on that day. And I was thinking during the game, I was thinking, how are we getting beat here? And but I was, at the same time, I was thinking we ain't scoring here either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's. But even at the start of that season, it was a difficult start because beat for progress in Europe. Yeah. That must have been a low night. Yeah, I got blamed for that as well. From who? Fans. Right. I played ten minutes in two legs. Right. They just they just love to hammer me, don't they? <laughs> but um, how no, was the dressing room after that game? Yeah, weird. Like strange. We was all just sat there like. Bus was delayed because the fans were fuming. Because mm -hmm. Pedro was out arguing with fans, wasn't he? Yeah, we didn't know that at the time, but the, the lads were just sat in the dressing room and like no, like no one would really speak. It was a strange feeling that mm -hmm. we got on the bus straight to the airport, landed. But because because he'd got us in ridiculously early in pre-season for this game, there was still like five weeks left till the start of the SPL season. After I remember that, because so, he was organising friendlies, that wasn't it? Yeah, so we'd get in training at seven. In the morning, start at half seven on the pitch. What? Um, breakfast, start at half ten, lunch, 
go like Tav would actually bring his iPad in his earphones to watch Game of Thrones because he, he weren't going home and he'd like he'd watch that in between sessions. Then you train again in the afternoon, three sessions a day, just because. And even then, the lads were like, "This this is a joke." Uh, would no one ever go and say it unless this is too much. No. Why not? Because he was ruthless. Why is it? And he would just get rid of you, huh? Yeah. But even like an assistant manager, a coach, you couldn't go to him and say, it's too much for the boys now? No, I don't think. I'd... Just his way or no yeah, way? His or way or no way, yeah, 100%. Right, mate, what did the boys think when Pedro said, the dog barks and the caravan keeps going? I just thought it was funny, mate. You just <laughs> thought, cause did he have a few analogies, analogies like, like that? Even that in, if, if you sat him down here, you'd think he was a funny, like, sound guy. Uh -huh. But if, if like, he was in training with him, he'd like, and he'd have a go at you, he'd be like, I remember in training, Harry Forrester, we were doing a penalty shootout. Mm. Harry's blazed a penalty over the bar. Obviously not meant to. You chew shower now. <laughs> and Harry's like, what? He's like, if you're not going to do it properly, go get a shower. And Harry just walks in, gets a shower. Because <laughs> he was missed, the penalty? He's blazed it over the bar. <laughs> but he's not meant to do it, he's just missed. Uh -huh. And even then I was thinking, this guy's not, not arsed one bit. And would that happen quite often with players in him or her? I think it's players he didn't like uh -huh. if they did something not even wrong, but something that he didn't find amusing, he'd shut them out. So he must have been delighted when you slide tackled him. Yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? You weren't <laughs> you even bothered. It? No. I'm kidding. I, I hurt myself. Did you? Yeah, I got a massive burn on me on me hip from it. But even he'd like he laughed about it at the time. But no, he was sat like the day after he was like, You slide back on me, huh? <laughs> and like he'd just like try a banter about it. Uh -huh. But so all that stuff was happening, obviously, Forrester getting sent in. Was it just clear that he'd lost the dressing room, uh -huh? Yeah, because he'd lost the senior players, and obviously at any football club when that happens, mm -hmm. you, you're in you're in a bit of trouble. And why do you think he lost him just because of the, his ability not to change? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I just and at the time I don't even think they were playing, so they would they weren't to say they they weren't poison at all. But like, say if the lads were like, oh, what about that training session? Like, oh, we've not. We've not worked on this, we've not worked on that. So they'd be like, worry going into the game, like, what do we do if he does this? We've not worked on it, do you know what I mean? So I think that, I think that it got to a stage where the lads were just thinking, this is, this is no good. Uh -huh. You're turning fun. Uh, you only scored one goal under Pedro. Yeah, After that's you what it was two. scored 17. It's mad, isn't it? You know that? Why do you think that was? So I played up front. And he wouldn't play there? No. And I said to, because I used to speak to Graham, a lot when Pedro was in charge, like he'd be in the academy, and I'd go to him and say, like, did you watch the game on the weekend? What did you think? Like, could I do this? Could I do that? So you would go and ask him Monday about your game at the weekend? Yeah. Would you, right? Because just because he was a coach and I'd just ask questions, basically. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, oh, you sh you need to, your movements need to be this, you need to be that. And I was like, but I'm, and he's like, I know you're not a left winger, but blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Then he came in, he brought Kenny back in, and he played me up front. And I just, I think I scored in, I had like 11 and four at some point, and I scored all the time. Would Kenny, would guys like Kenny, would he see that you're a striker? Would he agree? Would he say he, that you're a striker? He, he, he'd say I'm attack, an attacking midfielder. We always have arguments about it. Because I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a number nine. Ten. But I'm a central player, 100%. Mm -hmm. So just last on Pedro, when did you, when did you hear that he'd been sacked? Um, I knew it was coming after the Kilmarnock draw. Even though it had not been announced, I knew it was that because the ground was toxic. Mm. Daniel missed a penalty, then they went up the other end and scored straight away. And uh, I knew it was he was getting sacked after that. Was there a relief amongst the players then? I don't think so. I just think they, they was apprehensive of who was getting the job and stuff like that because we knew we had a decent side. It was just putting it together. And then happy that Monty got it again. Obviously, you said he's a I guy was, you would go to. I was, yeah, because he'd, he'd, I knew he was going to play me in my, my right position. And then I think he signed... Sean Goss, who'd done really well for us, he took us to Florida in the winter break mm -hmm. and straight away all the lads got together. It was a class trip. We played well over there. We came back and we was flying after the, the winter break. I think we, could be wrong, won nine on the spin mm -hmm. going into the Celtic game. And it's the, that was the only ever time at Rangers where you get an actual feeling that we could win the league. Because you drew not at Celtic Park as well. Did that not give you a wee feeling just before the winter break that you could maybe get close? It did, but that was more a, a sit back and graph for the nil nil. Like we never looked like scoring really, but the we won nine on the bounce, and like even Celtic games in the past, you'd see fans saying we need to win this, 
and the players would be like, yeah, we can win, but you can see we didn't really believe mm-hmm. we, we, could, we knew we could, could win. But the game after the, that winter break, 3-2 at, at Ibrox, the lads were going into the game, we could, we, we're going to nail these here. Mm. And that was the best I've seen in the change room since I was there. So what was that about Florida that made it so, bring you all together? Was it wind-ups? Was it a laugh? Was it, it was, night suit? Was it he's coaching? It was, it was just, it was honestly class. It was just the lads were staying in a villa together. He brought all the lads together. The training was good. He let you go out, watch the ice hockey or do whatever. But then you train and do, do what he said at the times. And he just got a good group of lads together. He signed a few new players. And we was, as I said, we started like a house on fire when we came back. I, I was scoring for fun. Alfredo was scoring. Um, yeah, and then we went into that Celtic game, as I said. And the lad, it was the only other time I've been at that whole club. The lads were going into the game and like, we're, we're, if we beat these, we'll win the league. Is he a good coach, Money? Yeah, I, I think he's good. Um, he, he was brilliant for me because he just, all the runs that I needed to make, he would, he would tell me to do. Mm-hmm. And he even changed it to a diamond at one point where I went up front with Kenny. And that, that we beat Aberdeen, we spanked Aberdeen 3-0 at Ibrox and then we beat him away again the week after. And we was, we was battering teams, we came back and we was absolutely battering teams, beating St Johnston 4-1. But then this was, like, this is where Kenny would come in as well. Kenny's like, this is the norm. Like, we, we beat St Johnston 4, we beat, do you know what I mean? So everyone was getting into the rhythm of spanking so teams. So quite a good partnership as well, Marty and Kenny together, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and then Kenny pulled his hamstring at Hibs. And then obviously he was out for a while, but then we beat Hibs at Easter Road and we were all like, we're, we're flying, yeah, uh, we're flying. And we, I think if we beat Celtic then that game, we went within one, one or two points point of them. And I remember the lads saying like, we beat these tomorrow and, it's on. and they're going to crumble. Uh-huh. And then we went 1-0 up after two minutes. Can you remember his team talk before the game? Was he of the same belief? Yeah. It was the, like I said, it was the most positive I've ever seen a Rangers team and dressing room since the whole time I was there. He said I was at my hall and he was basically showing clips of all the goals we've scored since the Florida game. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we beat these and they'll, they'll crumble because we're, we're playing that well. And I've scored, I've scored in the game after two minutes. And I even remember the ground, it was rocking. And I'm thinking, we're going to spank these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the first time ever I've been in a Celtic game and think we're going to beat these. But then Rogic bends one in, top stanch, unbelievable goal. And Daniel scores just before half time. And we're getting at half time. No, Dembele, sorry, equalised just before uh, half time. But we're getting at half time and we're going, lads, these are, because every, every other time we've played them, they've popped us, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. We're like, lads, these, these are not as good as what, what everyone is. Uh-huh. Whatever, and got out in the second half, the thing he gets sent off, the. Uh, his name Simeonovic 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 gets sent off and I'm in the game thinking oh my god we're going to win the league <laughs> <laughs> what are you swe- thinking that I when you got sent I was off thinking that he got sent off and I was thinking we're going to win 4-2 5-2 uh-huh. and blooming we mess up Edward goes in Ben's one in the top corner after that game the whole place changed deflated yeah what, what do you mean changed just the mo- it was it was like all of a sudden can't win the league now. Just on Just, one game? Honestly, it was, was weird. It? I've never seen it like it. Uh-huh. You described that feeling of scoring that goal as one of the best feelings in your life. Yeah, it was. Talk fun. us through it. Well, I'd, I'd got told by everyone, you've never scored against Celtic. You've, you've only scored against Hamilton, Hearts, Hibs. So I was like, I never took anything from it because I knew I, I could score in any game. But it's always in the back of your mind. And then, obviously, I went through after a minute and I'm running through and I've put it in and I was, I just, the stadium went mental. Yeah. I've never felt like it in my life. You said you came up here for the Celtic and Rangers games, are they as good as you thought they'd be? Yeah, the atmosphere's unbelievable. I used to watch clips on YouTube when I was in college at Huddersfield, so we'd go to college on a Tuesday and, yeah. and do college work and I'd watch YouTube games, Celtic and Rangers. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I swear. And then, to lead up to the games and stuff like that, is it, is it brilliant or yeah. Is that what being a top player is all of it? Bit out of yeah, team? I think so. But the, the whole time I was there, the results were bad. So like, even I'd, I'd still get buzzing for the Celtic games, but you'd come off losing 4-0. Mm-hmm. 
and you'd think, oh, this is because the wrath of the fans and the club, it just after it'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. Right, here's a question for you. If we'd have won that day, do you believe you'd won the league? If we'd have beat them on that day, yeah. And then that was the beginning of the end, huh? <laughs> that was where it all went, Pete Tong. So, what, just the mood and the atmosphere and everything changed? It was honestly, it was the strangest thing ever because the atmosphere in the game, even when we scored the goals, like the celebrations of the boys, then I think, I don't know if you've got it, but did we play Hibs the week after at Ibrox? I think we did. And we we got beat by Hibs at Ibrox as well. I'd gone through one-on-one, missed, and Sean Goff scored a free kick, but then Scott Allen won a penalty in the last minute. Right. And they beat us at Ibrox, and I'm thinking, oh, no, this is getting worse. Like, the, the whole place has just gone since that Celtic game. Uh-huh. And then the lowest point, mate, 4-0 defeat at Hamden. Andy Halliday got taken off early, had a go at the manager, and then did it all kick off after the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a... I'd missed the game before because I had the biggest. De- I got a dead leg against Motherwell. Did you see after that, with Andy, 42 minutes, was there mayhem at half time as well? No, not at half time because it was basically we're 2 0 down, we need to do something. Something uh, here, uh, And uh, he changed, the, I think he changed a bit of the formation. And we sat up, we went to sit off him, so then we changed to go press him, and then we just got we just got bopped. Not long after that, Stephen Gerrard announced it as a manager. You must have been delighted when you heard that, no? Yeah, I was buzzing. Um, it was something different. Um, obviously you never know if a player of that level because it's totally different being a manager obviously he's one of the best players ever ever to play in midfield so I was buzzing that he's got the job course yeah and had you spoke to him before he came in or was it just I met him in Dubai I got a text off him wasn't it him that Jason Cummins kicked the stake it was it no 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 (laughs) I I got a text off him while I was in Dubai and I was sat with Wes and I was like do you reckon that's him because he's his WhatsApp picture was him playing in a Liverpool top. Right. So I was like, I'm getting stitched up here. And he was like, well, how are you going to know? So he's like, will you meet me and blah, blah, blah for a coffee and we'll have a chat? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I went and met him in the hotel, telling me his ideas for Rangers and he was just a top, top guy, yeah. Uh-huh. And so, so why'd you leave him? Because um, I got into pre-season, I was flying top of the running, a good attitude as, as I always have. Played a few games, I was playing wide. And I was thinking to myself, if I'm to help him as a, as a manager and give my full performance, I can't do it for him out wide. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a stage in my career now where I'm not a young boy. I can be honest with him and tell him. So I said to him, I'm not a wide player. I can play out wide for you but you're not going to get the best out of me. So it's... And he, I carried on playing wide, played in the Europe games. Got to deadline day. I got a text saying, we're going to have had a bid accepted for Rangers for, I don't even know what it was, two, mil, two and a half million or something. So I'm straight away, I'm like, accepted, two and a half million. I'm like, what the fuck? And I messaged the gaffer, because... He's at, he's at the same place. I, was, I don't know where, I couldn't find him at the ground. Mm. I was like, is this true, like this message? And he's like, oh, just meet me in the change room and whatever. So I went and met him, said a chat. He was like, you've got a decision to make. And in, I always wanted to come play in England. But in my head, I was thinking, I got 26 goals and assists playing in a, a, a team that weren't great for, the, for Rangers. And they're, for accepting, Rangers team, and they're accepting two and a half million quid. I was like, well, if I'm going to play wide, then I'm off then. Because if you think you can accept that for a player who's contributed that much to it in terms of goals and in terms of assists, maybe not always performance, but in terms of numbers, then if you want to accept that, then see you in a bit. And he was happy to let you go? Not really, no. He, I wouldn't say he was devastated, but he basically said to me... Um, you've got a decision to make. The board have accepted this offer, so it's, he's like, I don't want you to leave, but it's obviously down to you. So I rang um, Anthony Barry, who's the assistant at Wigan. I knew him from Accrington, and um, I knew they were a good side. I wanted to always come down to England, but I'd, I never thought I'd, I'd come now, like this, this window. Mm-hmm. So I rang him, I was like, he told me about the team and all that, and I was like, yeah, that's brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'll come down. Went back and said to Stevie, yeah, I, went, um, I think I'm going to go speak to Wigan. And is it, is it a sad day when you leave a team like Rangers? 
Yeah, because I don't think he was that happy. I don't, I don't know what he's, if you asked him now whether he'd be bothered or not, I don't know, but he didn't seem happy when I said it. And he just stood up and he went, no hard feelings, and walked off. Like, he didn't seem too happy. Mm. But I just got off, and I was a bit gutted at the time, but I was more pissed off that they'd accepted an offer of that, that little. So, um, how would you look back on your, your time at Rangers? Brilliant, yeah, loved it. Did you love that view? Yeah, I loved... What was the highlights? I like playing football for anybody. So if I'm playing every single game for dog and duck or for Rangers I'll, and I'm scoring, I'll love it. Mm. Brilliant. And now at Wigan, you enjoying it down here? Yeah, it's class. Yeah. Do, you, but do you miss Rangers? No. I, when, when I watched the Old Firm game the other, the other month, and I seen the build up to the old firm, I was like, oh. But I, I even seen Moussa Dembele, the, the boy who went to Leon, mm -hmm. saying that he's gonna miss the old firm game, like it was brilliant. So he's gone to a club like Leon, he obviously still misses still misses that. So every every player's gonna miss games like that. But I always wanted to come to England because I feel, as I said before, it could be me being delusional whether I got saying they shouldn't have accepted the offer. But I feel like the numbers I got should have got more recognition than it did. So I thought I'm gonna come down here and prove to everyone why, why I'm a good player. And where are we going to see you in five years? Premier League? I don't know, it's the dream, innit? But who knows? Who knows? It depends how I apply myself and we'll, uh, we'll see how I get on. Maybe I'm just deluded and I'm actually shy. Nah, I fancy you, mate. Thanks very much. No worries. Top man. Beam Networks, we keep the nation humming by connecting us all to Ireland's power network. To increase the capacity and maintain the safety of the network, we may need to temporarily switch off the electricity in your area for a short period. As always, we will let you know in advance if you're going to be affected. To find out more, visit esbnetworks.ie. While Irish businesses, including farmers and fishers, continue to deal with the immediate challenges posed by COVID-19, taking a longer-term perspective will become increasingly important. Planning for and investing in sustainable development is the best way to promote growth and prosperity in your business. The Future Growth Loan Scheme is here to help by providing access to loans of up to €3 million Euro for terms of between 7 and 10 years with competitive interest rates. Find out more at sbci.gov.ie or call 1-800-804-482. Loans range from €25,000 up to 3 million euro for terms of between 7 to 10 years. Loans are unsecured up to half a million euro. Eligibility criteria and terms and conditions apply. This is a Government of Ireland initiative delivered by the SBCI.